You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Well, it's uh, 27 minutes uh, to 10. Uh, a listener says, Ustad, my husband converted to Islam to be able to marry me, a Muslim woman. Uh, he had started doing prayers until he stopped it. Then after a while, he started going back to church, back to Christianity. What should I do? I'm from Boxburg. Any dua to read for him to come back? Because I really love him. Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. You see, my sister, these are the people, marriage of convenience. Now he used you, he deflowered you, and now he's a murtad, he left Islam. In Islam, the law is this hadith in Bukhari Sharif. Man Whoever becomes a murtad and apostate, he denounces Islam. He goes to the church, he goes to the temple, he goes to the synagogue, he goes here and there and prays. So obviously he's out of the fall of Islam. And your marriage is already finished. You must be an iddat, sister. Remember that. You should be an iddat now because your marriage is terminated and finished. So in a case like that, you can make dua and everything. That's fine. That, But Islamically, if you have a proper Islamic country, then it's a death penalty for him. We give him three days chance that he repents and he comes back into the fall of Islam. And if he does not do that, then it's a death penalty, capital punishment. And all four schools agree on that there's no difference of opinion so now my sister you want him back you must remember say Allah give him hidayat give him Islam and so forth but you cannot keep contact with him you must sever all ties with him and if he comes back then you must, you must make toba publicly he must repeat the shahada the kalima shahadatain <coughs> how we make with the new Muslims ashadu Allah ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad abdul rasulu you have to re-perform your nikah with him if he comes back and so forth. So many issues, you must remember that. But most important thing, you must not keep contact with him. Now, he's the enemy of Almighty Allah. He's the enemy of Mustafa, sallam. He's the enemy of Islam and Muslims. So you can cry for him and make dua for him. But remember, you don't go and say, my darling, I'm missing you, and all these kind of things. You must forget all those things there. You can't keep contact with him. So, Ustad, must a penalty be paid if one does not remove one's underwear while wearing ihram? Or let's just say, Ustad, he forgets about it. What is the penalty for this error? Can the penalty be paid in South Africa, Ustad? So, my brother was going from here to Ethiopia, Addis Ababa. So, mm-hmm. then, there he fastened ihram. He got so mixed up and confused, his fuses got blown. There at Addis Airport, or in Qatar Airport, Doha, or in Dubai Airport, or Egypt, Cairo Airport, and he went rare with his underwear and everything. We're speaking of men, obviously, now. So, there in Newcastle, I was giving you that story <laughs> just now, right? So, you yeah. must remember that. So, this male, yeah, what is underwear and a whole lot so now he made this umrah and everything you have to slaughter a goat or a sheep my brother and that goat and sheep is called dumb and must be done there in Makkah so not South Africa and here and there it must be done there so remember that so cut all your shopping down and do that can't you remember a simple thing like this hundred times I announced to you you're going for umrah tell me you're going and I'll send you the hajj and umrah 
Q&A, the PDF. Even now, I won't send it to you tonight. It's late tomorrow, but I'm traveling also. But during the week, I'll send it to you. You might just put the Umrah Kitab, Hajj Kitab, whatever, and we will send you the PDF copy. We don't have hard copies now to give out and so forth. We gave it to you free of charge there in Durban. So in that way there. So you have to slaughter a goat or a sheep there in Makkah, my brother. And remember, it's wajib and compulsory. It's called Damul Jinaya for violating the laws of Ihram and the restrictions of Ihram. Sir, you sing about Newcastle? Ah, Newcastle, I used to have Hajj classes. You see, in my house, those days, 82, 83, 84, I used to sit in the passage, right, mm-hmm. in my house there, Nightingale Street, Bulbul. <laughs> so, your master, so the men, they used to sit there on the floor and in the couch, in the, this thing, in the lounge in there. And the women, they sit in the kitchen, you see, we put a lot of chairs there. We don't want the woman to sit on the floor. So now I explain everything, then Q&A. So this Baji, he passed away. So he picked up his hand. I said, Baji, who's here? What's question? So he asked, can women wear underwear in Ihram? So everybody burst out laughing. You must remember. And then, then he realized. So, that, so, that, so women, obviously, you're going to wear your underwear. And then for men, you can't wear underwear and all this kind of thing. So whenever this kind of question comes, mm. so we think of Baji, Allah give him Jannatul Fi. Sincerely, he asked the question, can Women wear underwear in ihram, you understood. So Bichara Baji was very, very sincere. Allah grant them Jannatul Firdos. Ameen, Ameen. Ustad, I just wanted to inquire if it's permissible for a lady to wear a necklace with Ayatul Kursi on it, Ustad. Not permissible. You're going to go to toilet, bathroom, yeah, then na park places. Ayatul Kursi, AK255. So it is verse number 255. And it is A'zamu Ayatin Fil Quran Il Kareem. And it's the most majestic verse in the Noble Quran. People tell us they got AK-47. I tell them I got AK-255. So remember that we must teach our children. Always read Aytul Kursi. It's sunnah to read after every first salat, before you sleep. So all this kind of sunnah. And once you have that embedded in the inner recesses of your heart, you don't fear anybody besides all Almighty Allah, Jalla wa So it's haram to do that. Quran Sharif <coughs> Surah 22, verse 32. Surah 22, verse 32. وَمَنْ يُعَذِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ Whosoever shows respect and reverence to the landmark symbols of Allah, فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ So that's a sign that the person got taqwa and true piety in the inner recess of the heart. I ask you three questions. You want to put idol kursi necklace. It will touch your body there. You got huzu. So... <laughs> Obviously, you don't have wuzu most of the time. You will be in your menses, you will be in your nifas, and you got there. It's permissible all that. <coughs> Absolutely haram it is. You go toilet and bathroom with that. So you're showing respect or you're desecrating the <laughs> sanctity, sacred name of Almighty Allah. Chapter 7, verse 180. وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَةِ فَدُؤُوهُ بِهَا Almighty Allah has wonderful, beautiful names. Invoke Almighty Allah by His beautiful 99 names. And those people who desecrate, who disrespect the name of Almighty Allah. Chapter 7, verse 180. Leave those people and shun those people who corrupt the name of Almighty Allah, who show does respect to the name of Allah. You see what Allah is saying? Mm. So, haram sister. Somebody says here, what rights does my wife have in regards to her parents after the marriage? It says here, Newcastle, Australia. Ustad. 
<laughs> so you must remember that there's a Newcastle in South Africa where I spent 20 years. <laughs> there's a Newcastle in England also. And there's a Newcastle in Australia also. So now I don't know what you mean. That are you in Newcastle, Australia, and you pose this question, or you mean that the parents are in Australia and the husband, wife are in South Africa? So be that as it may be. Right, the question came from Australia. MashaAllah, very good. So from Newcastle, Australia, excellent. So you must remember this, that your husband, Quran says, chapter 4, verse 19, Treat your wives with love and respect and justice. Just turn it the other way around. Your daughter is 18, 20, 24, 25 years old. She got married, and now she got married there in Perth. She got married in Sydney. She got married there in, by was remember, in you know, some other place there in Australia or somewhere else. How often do you want your daughter to come and visit you? So why you don't apply the same analogy and chaos for your wife? Give her permission to go to her parents. Don't be hard and harsh and tell her, no, you can't go. Only once a year you must go and so forth. You want her to sever ties with her parents and so forth and all the time be with you. Is that fair? If somebody does that to your daughter, what will be your response? In Tawalaytum, Surah 47, verses 22-23, In Tawalaytum, when we have authority, you cause mischief, mayhem, chaos on this earth. And you sever the family ties. Those are the people Allah curses them. So how can you deprive her from going to see her parents, from her parents to come and visit her? And Allah Ta'ala will make you spiritually deaf and spiritually blind. hundred times I gave you all this. Why give it to you so it will give somebody some common sense? My mother-in-law was blind and my wife has got ten brothers. She's the only one. I told her, nobody can look after your mother that how you can. So you bring your mother here and we look after her. So subhanallah, she was happy, we are happy, she passed away here. So what? You don't have any regret. So you must use your common sense, brother, in Newcastle. You must tell your poppy, your darling, you know what? Never mind you go and bring, go visit your parents. You bring them here for one whole week, for one whole month. Let them be my guest and I will pay for everything. So that is how you win their hearts and so forth. You got it now, brother, Newcastle? So, when you keep a big heart, magnanimous heart, Allah will elevate your rank and status also, brother. Somebody says that, uh, does the mother-in-law need to know everything about her son's whereabouts? Although she's a widow and the car is, is hers, I find my mom-in-law very inquisitive. Like what time we went, etc., etc. She must be having a long nose. So you must remember that is a mother-in-law with a long nose. She wants to smell everything. Where you went, where you went, what time you went. Makala, leave them now. You must make zikr now. You see, your husband passed away, so you read Quran Sharif, you make dua, all that, leave them now. Let them lead their life. Don't interrogate them like the KGB and FBI and all of them. You must remember this type of thing. Today, somebody sent me a message that he saw like a buck running, you know. So I asked him, for what you running? You know, so, <laughs> so, so he said that because they told me that there's something coming to attack 
attack. So he said, but it's nothing coming to attack. Then he said, no, let me go tell the elephant. So the elephant said, yeah, the South African police are coming to attack. So he said, I also better run. So then, so the elephant started running. They say South African police is coming. By the time South African police come, everybody's dead. You know how it is. So you must remember this type of <laughs> thing there. So it's all crazy business. You can't work like that, Kala. Love and let love now. Don't go and interfere in their lives now. You brought up your son. Now let the daughter-in-law love in peace. Dad, how much you bought? How much you spent? How much you did this? Kala, your husband passed away. Is history now. Let them carry on with the geography and you keep on making dua and don't interfere with them. It's not permissible. Well, I see the priest, he says here that uh, we prepared to debate with your presenters and you and Anderson about Islam and Christianity. Priest, man of God, Ustad. Right, I ask you three questions. You're asking me, I fire up. Three questions. Mr. Priest, which Bible you believe in? You believe in the King James? You believe in the new international version or the new edition that just came out? You've got so many different versions of the Bible that the virgins are confused, my brother. So that's question one. Question two, if Jesus is God, then how come he died on the cross and crucified? And there's a fiction to say he was crucified. So remember, if he's God, then who was running the world when he was crucified and buried in the tomb and in the grave? Third one, if you say if he is the son of God and the only son of God, then how come the God couldn't help his only son? Then how is going to help you? So what do you say? You see, the priest day in Switzerland, he said, you Catholic Church, you must abandon and abolish your celibacy. That you don't want to get married. So your priest, you know what happened? I'll tell you a nice story, please. You see, priest, I'll tell you a nice story. So there was this monk one side and the nun on the other side. Then they start gravitating to one another. Nearer and nearer they came. And then the monk got busy in monkey business, you see? So now the Pope has to go everywhere and I apologize. He says, sorry, people. My priests, they can't look after their rifles. They get busy with the young, young boys and pedophilia and all these things here. You want to still speak? So please, you better go sort all those things out. Islam finished everything clear. We got Quran Sharif in its pristine purity. And remember chapter 15, verse 9, that Allah has selected who he wants to become a hafiz, to protect the preservation of the noble Quran in its pristine purity. 6,236 verses, 114 chapters, 540 ruku and section. You don't have one person. I challenge the and I challenge you, read for me the Bible, that Bible, that gospel, that Injil that was revealed to Jesus, peace be upon him, the prophet Jesus. I challenge you, read the original one. Mm. No you, no the Pope, no the bishop, no the cardinal, not one of you can do that. So what you say now? You want to still go ahead? You want more things? You didn't hear now, my brother, the nun embrace Islam. What are you going to say now? Allah Finish. Allah. <laughs> I see he didn't respond to you, Stad. Oh. We, <laughs> put, we put arrows straight in the heart. What do you say, Jeremy? You <laughs> Jutla Harami, you super terrorist. The more you're burning there, the more people embrace Islam. Allahu Akbar. Ah. Takbir, Allahu Akbar. I've got Abdul Latif, Ustad, from France. He says, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Sab. What response can I give to a brother who says that the Prophet Muhammad said in a hadith not to complain or talk bad about an oppressive government? 
government in public. It's better to give them nasiha in private. And those imams who are locked up in Saudi didn't follow the hadith of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu For that reason, they are khawarij ustad. You must remember this person here is a Salafi and is getting money from the Saudi government and tell him, come, I show you that what Quran says. Quran says, Kuntum khaira ummatin ukhrijat din nas. You are the best of people, me and you, Sheikh Abdul, Abdul Latif, there in Paris, in Paris, or I don't know where you are, in Marseille or wherever. So you must remember that you are the best of ummah, taken out for the benefit of humanity. Why you are taken out for the benefit of humanity? Ta'muruna bil ma'roof. You must command the good. Watanahona anil munkar. And you must prohibit the evil. And you must be the one that believe in Almighty Allah. So Amal bil Maruf, Nanil Munkar must go on everywhere. And this is enshrined in a noble Quran, chapter 3, Surah Al Imran, verse 110. Chapter 3, Surah Al Imran, verse 110. One, two. All Matiyallah Jalla Wala told Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Your Rasul, Balig Ma Unzila Ilikamir Rabbik. You must make tablig and proclaim the message, whatever Allah sent to you. So there's no such thing like that. As far as the Saudi government goes, you must quote this verse for him. They are living there in the Haramain Sharifain. They say they are Khadimul Haramain Sharifain. But Allah says, Wa Malam Yahkum Bima Anzal Allah for Ulai. Tell him I said this. Whoever does not pass the verdict according to what Almighty Allah has revealed, they are 100% kafir. They are out of the fall of Islam. So he took the Islamic laws and he threw it out. You must remember that. And he introduced bikini beaches in Jeddah. He brought sanamas in Medina Munawwara. He brought all these singers, men and women, half naked to Jeddah and Riyadh. And you must remember he locked up the Imam of the Haram. So Sheikh Sali Abu Talib, Ali Talib, Sheikh Sali Ali Talib, who visited South Africa in 2010. Why? He told the people on a Friday khutbah that don't go to the cinema. You must tell him he, this guy there who told you, you must tell him AK of South Africa said you. You must put your finger in his mouth and tell him, point towards his mouth and tell him. He you not a yu'minuna bil ghayb. You are yu'minuna bil Jaib. You are a mufatiya and you are a scholar for dollar and people like you, you must remember MBS loves you idiots because you sold the whole of Islam out and so forth. So quote this verse to him So when you don't pass the verdict according to what Almighty Allah has revealed then you 100% out of the fall of Islam. Chapter 5 and verse 44. Chapter 5, verse 44. You got enough ammunition to shoot him. He'll go straight to... So These are all, you understand, that chumchas, uh, sidekicks of the Saudi regime, you must remember. Mm. Every program of mine, they also record. Mm. Ustad, please advise. Is it permissible to buy World Cup tickets at a low price and then resell them at a higher price? Because the, the Cricket World Cup is in two days' time. Your urgent reply to, above, to the above matter would be greatly appreciated. Ustaz. All haram. 
All haram. <laughs> to watch World Cup cricket, World Cup soccer, World Cup tennis, World Cup uh, uh, rugby, all haram. To buy the ticket, haram. And <laughs> you don't see our Molvis here in South Africa. 2010 World Cup came. They didn't read Jumma Salat in the masjid. They went to read there. So Allah Ta'ala disgraced them forever because they ended up closing the masjids. So you want to make quick money for Cricket World Cup, buy at $50, sell at $100, the whole transaction is null and void. It's totally haram for you. Brother, don't look for haram things. That Allah Ta'ala's mercy comes in halal and things that are permissible, not in haram. So for you to buy that initial ticket is haram. For you to resell it is haram, that profit P-R-O-F-I-T is haram, and the whole cricket industry, soccer industry, rugby industry, tennis industry, all this professional is to make us fools and idiots. See how much time, how many salats you must, and so forth. They know the whole Manchester team, they know whole the Liverpool team, and the Chelsea team. You ask them, how many sahaba, you know Ashara Mubashara, you know the wives of Nabi Ali Salam, 90% don't know, but all these haramis, they will no, half of them uh, gays, the other half adulterers, other 90% drunk, and so So where's your allegiance, my brother? Mm. So you must remember this thing. All haram, A to Z haram. Ustad, is it possible you send me the Sahaba series questions, Ustad? So, yes, my student, mashallah, <laughs> today, today I was so elated and happy. Monana Abdul Aziz Ahmad, mashallah, it was his initiative. Allah Ta'ala reward him. So he sent me a message and said, see, that this Monday today, I'm starting a new series about the Ambiya and Prophets. So our graphic team, mashallah, Hafiz Abdullah, Allah Ta'ala reward him and his family. I know him, I know his family also. So now, mashallah, that what he did, he changed the format and his style so when I saw it I saw question answers and I was so happy I sent out everything one time the question and the answers the law is this the questions must go in the morning and the answers must go in the afternoon so when I finished did everything I phoned Molana I said Molana you notice what I did he said yeah I'm also wondering why are you sending out question and answers I said no I'll clarify it on the radio that it was a state of ecstasy and happiness it was so good you know and the format and everything so therefore so we gave them one day bonus like it's public holiday in South Africa so we just gave them so from tomorrow we will send out inshallah the questions in the morning and afternoon you will receive the answers inshallah our two Maulanas we keep them very busy Maulana Ahmad Dokrat mashallah Hafizahullah so I spoke to him today also and mashallah Maulana Abdul Aziz so young young ulama doing great work mashallah Allah Allah reward them my beloved father passed away two weeks ago <clears throat> while he was in Johannesburg at my sister's place. I had done his kurbani here in Durban where he resided. I distributed some of the kurbani and kept some of it so that he could give out to whom he wanted to give. Now that he has passed on, what do I do with the meat? Ustad? No, you give it out, mashallah, he will get the reward. You as a beloved son, beloved daughter of your father, Allah grant him Jannatul Firdaus. For the remainder of your life, you should be reading Rabbana Wali Isab and do the things I told you just now. Make sure the burial expenses, funeral expenses, the debts of the deceased, all are paid. If he made wasiyah, you 
you must give this person or that masjid or all that must be done, maximum one-third of the estate and then the shares of the heirs and then you, my brother, you must organize some water and so forth, whether it's a huzukana or a well or whatever, not in our areas. Our areas, they just waste water and money and uh, go to the poor, poor areas where they have to travel and walk and that five, ten kilometers and go put up a borehole there and so forth. 105 years, 107 years ago, Mom Ali Dafuri from Sudan came and remember he went to Zul Hulayfa coming from Medina to Makkah, the Mikad, the boundary. He saw the paucity, the shortage, the scarcity of water. He, his team, they got busy. Dug bohole here, bohole there, well there. And the people <coughs> there around were got elated, delighted, delighted. They even left the original name, which is mentioned in the Hadith Kitab, Zul Hulefa. They said, Bir Ali, one well of Ali. Does Ali got nothing to do with Sayyidina Ali? This is Ali Dafuri. And then they say, Abar Ali. So many wells, so many boreholes. So you are my brother, I'm telling you one. You, your brothers, your sisters, all, whether in South Africa, Malawi, Zimbabwe, Zambia, all these poor, poor areas, put it up and don't put no board, no plug, no nothing. The Allah knows our intention and make intention for your beloved father. That is the best charity you can give on his behalf. Last question. <clears throat> Somebody wants to know, Ustad, can you perform salah in congregation with iqama only and no adhan? We're from Kwamashu, Ustad. If you are, mashallah, we had a program in Kwamashu. My student is there. I don't know if he's still there or he moved from there. Maulana Sheikh Musapiri. So, mashallah, if you are living in an area where you can hear the adhan and then you perform salat at home and all that because of some reason, so you just give iqamat and it's fine. But if you are in a see tomorrow, I'll be reading salat there at the airport. So, there at the airport, you can't hear no adhan. So, I, so then I give adhan adhan myself. You see? I give adhan. Then I make ikama. Then I'm in front and the wife at the back. So if you are in a place where you're far from the masjid and no adhan, then you give adhan and then ikama and so. But if you are in a place where you can hear the adhan, then you just give ikama and then you continue with your congregational prayer, your prayer with jamaat. So that is how you should remember it. Adhanul hayyi yakfina. Abdullah the Mas'ud radiallahu anhu warda used to say the Adhan of the town, it is sufficient for us. We hear it, so then now we are reading, we are traveling, whatever the case is. So that will be sufficient for us. MashaAllah, we reach another ending. So now my brother Lukolo will make it in four parts, the podcast, four parts. And there'll be two clubs, inshallah, two separate clubs. One of our sister, the nun who embraced Islam, and her name is Shahida. And the other one is our brother, Ibrahim Anderson. 62 people embrace Islam, 35 women and the remainder men. Allah reward them all and accept them, mashallah. And all that we will send out tonight, Mona Arafat will send it out tonight, inshallah. So tomorrow, Mona Arafat and our brother, Junaid Mota, Riyad Mota, will be firing on all cylinders from Four o'clock, 4.45 will be azan for tomorrow, and 4.35 from Wednesday onwards, inshallah, and then I'll come down, and inshallah that we will 
We, you understand, doing the program, tomorrow night program in Stenger, after Isha, inshallah, in the Jami Masjid, and uh, Salat Day, Isha Jamaat is 7.30. Allah, Jalla make it easy, accept us all, and make dua for the Ummah. Always cry to Allah, Allah Mahdina, Wahdibina, Wajalna, Sababal Liman Ihtada. Ya Allah, give us hidayat, use us so that we can spread the word of Islam throughout the four corners of the globe, and take your parents, your teachers, duas. You will go very far in life. And inshallah, next up we got Hafiz Yusuf Kala, and thereafter we got the Urdu lecture of Mufti Taqi Usmani in Urdu regarding Rabiul Awal and related matters, inshallah. So listen to that. Barakallahu feek. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Up next is Hafiz Kala Sahib thereafter the Urdu lecture. We will be seeing you guys tomorrow morning, same time, same place on our program, As-Safinatu Ilal Jannah, with our beloved Hazrat Malala Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain Hafidahullah and our beloved Ustad Hazrat Malala Salim Karim Damal Barakatuhum. From the team, Allahumma hadina wa hadibina wa hadina sa jami'a. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.